0: Money FM 89.3, best of weekends.
1: Georgette Tan is the president of United Women Singapore. She joins us on the line now. Georgette, good morning. Welcome to Money FM and Weekend Mornings. Morning, Glenn. How are you? Uh, great. Not as good as you. You've just uh, been awarded this wonderful Sabre Award for Individual Achievement. Uh, congratulations.
0: Well, thank you very much. I'm humbled, I'm honored, but also pleasantly surprised at at the award
1: why are you why are you surprised
0: one doesn't go into communications or pick up the career with the intention of, you know, I'm going to win an award in X number of years. You do it because you love it. You, mm. you, you're excited by it. You know, you want to work in a group. You want to make an impact. Absolutely, And that's the reward. A job well done. All right. And the, that, that's the reward in itself. Winning, winning an award later, that's just cream and especially because it's it's you know bestowed on you by the industry and your peers
1: yeah uh, georgette anyone in singapore and i would say probably in the region that's been in business for any number of years probably would have come across you either at a, at a conference or in business. Of course you worked for many years at, uh, at MasterCard uh, have communications right. there and now you're the president of United women Singapore. Uh, tell us about a little bit about your journey uh, as a communications professional because it uh, you were really at kind of the forefront of, of knocking through some of those glass ceilings.
0: I was very fortunate in that, you know, as it turned out, I, I had an opportunity to to move from private sector to public service back to corporate private sector, you know, along the way. And, you know, work in Singapore, work in Hong Kong, had all kinds of varied roles within, you know, local agents, uh, local companies to government to global companies. And I've had a very varied career path. Hmm. But certainly, um, you know, a- along the way, I also had an opportunity to to see the trends. So, you know, the whole digital movement, the ability to integrate CSR into communications and build that as part of uh, one's reputation platform, being able to leverage thought leadership, all these different things are are great tools And understanding the role of statistics um, in communications and numbers. Uh, All these are great tools that I, I had the opportunity during my many years in the field to be able to leverage to use and to work as part of a team to building you know, reputations for the companies that I worked with.
1: But those of us who know you, uh, you're being very modest, I have to say, George, because wow. those of us who know you know that you are much more than just a participant. You are a force, a force of oh, nature no. uh, across <laughs> <Wow>. across <laughs> industries using these tools, especially advocating for women in business, but, but not just women, you know, for teams and for collaboration. Absolutely. And Absolutely. you would have likely seen a huge metamorphosis in what's happening in business across Asia from your time in Hong Kong and here in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Um, It has not been an easy journey, especially for uh, women, people of color, people with disabilities. Uh, You have helped to push that agenda forward.
0: Yes. And while there has been obviously some progress, it has been slow. Mm-hmm. Right, The recognition that diversity, it's not just for diversity's sake, diversity, having women, having the gender piece at every level of an organization, not just at the highest level, at the board level, senior management, but right across the organization. You know, that's that's such a differentiator. That's such a, a great opportunity for for any organization, just because you bring about diversity in thought you know, and Intellect and, you know, culture. Uh, those are the, the key things at the end of the day that make for a, a great organization that one wants, wants to work for. So mm. having that as part of the mix is is a great talent attractor and, and one that retains good talent, too, but makes good business sense.
1: We're on the line with Georgette Tan, the president of United Women Singapore. And Georgette, the, one of the challenges... Well, wait, before I get to that question, give us a report card. How is Singapore doing so far? How are businesses here or the ones you've observed across the region? Are they starting to up their game a bit? We're seeing it at different levels.
0: I think there's a general realization that this needs to get done. But like anything big, it's not going to happen overnight. We're seeing baby steps along the way. You know, the numbers tell a story. We were meant to hit, um, the the target was 20% women on boards uh, by 2020 for the top 100 companies in Singapore. Mm -hmm. Clearly, that's not going to happen this year. Um,
1: Where are we at now, do you reckon?
0: Where... Just around the 17% mark. So we've still got a little bit of ways to go. Mm. But I, look, um, this has been a rough year. And even at the tail end of last year, we recognize that. That's not going to stop us that's not going to stop the movement, the thinking, the realization. I think companies are recognizing that it's good business practice to have a diverse workforce, to have a diverse board and management.
1: Yeah, and to not ignore half of the world's population, right? I mean, well, that just absolutely. kind of makes sense, right?
0: <laughs> absolutely. As customers, as, as workforce, as as your mentors, as your supporters, at every level.
1: Absolutely. Now, you are also the chair for Board Agenda, uh, which is an initiative by the Singapore Council of Women's Organizations, uh, dedicated to helping get women on boards. And as you just mentioned, we're at 17 percent, hoping to be by you know 20 percent by this year. But Asia has generally lagged behind the West when it comes to uh, getting qualified people on boards of, of every gender. And, and do you feel like there is more recognition that that needs to happen?
0: it's a demand and supply situation. I think we're building that pipeline of women who are
1: board ready and will
0: definitely be board ready. I think part of it is, is and that's the supply side, we're looking to see how can we encourage the boards to be expanding and replacing some of the, the board members who've been on, on boards for a long time, and as they're replacing them, to consider very capable women to fill those seats. So I think that's That's part of it but it goes both ways. Women need to step up to the role. They shouldn't be afraid to step up and they need to build their profile. So part of this whole equation is they need to be seen, you know, at conferences, speaking. They need to be writing papers. They need to be, you know, producing op-eds and, and being published. And then they become recognized and they become candidates to to be invited to sit on boards.
1: Right. In the last, uh, let's say, two years, we have seen an increase in women at conferences, um, and and I belong to a professional speaking organization here that has been tracking that. But part of the challenge also has been by conference organizers that, in fact, when they do reach out to many women to ask them to speak at conferences, a fair number of them still turn down the opportunity and still, you know, believe that they're not qualified enough, which, as we know, is completely wrong. There are so many highly qualified women out there. But as, as you just mentioned, you know, it is incumbent upon women also to to accept opportunities that might take them out of a traditional comfort zone
0: without a doubt. It really cuts both ways and women uh, have always been perceived, uh, perceived themselves as lacking that confidence as, as not being good enough. Mm. Um, whereas we all know that many, many of these women are super capable. They would sit on the panel and, and you know, um, hold, hold court really. Many of them are subject matter experts in, in a variety of different fields and we'd like to see more of those and, and, and clearly we actually want to see a lot more women in that digital technology innovation space, which is why, you know, we've been advocating for more girls consider STEM in school and, and in higher education and STEM careers because that to us is really a key to, you know, obviously great careers, but also a great way to, to narrow that gender gap and the gender pay gap that we know exists everywhere.
1: Mm. We're speaking with Georgette Tan, the president of United Women Singapore, the recent Sabre Award winner for individual achievement in Asia Pacific. That is a, a great topic to, to spend a couple of minutes on here, Georgette, which is that of working with the next generation and how to get them sure. involved in, mm-hmm. in top top line parts of the uh, economic equation here, like you say, the the various STEM careers that might Mm -hmm. be available, which there might be some hesitation in some of the more traditional conservative Asian societies to push their daughters into.
0: You're, you're absolutely right, Glenn. In fact, United Women Singapore did some research um, early this year, pre, pre, just, just before, you know, um, uh, all health problems yeah. around the world. And here's the interesting thing. There were three top line findings. The first, um, and this was an age group of about girls age 10, 11 to 15, girls actually felt more comfortable with the subjects than their male counterparts. Mm. The girls the, the girls that were, were, were polled. They actually found the subjects easy compared to their male counterparts. So it's not capability here. Okay? It's 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 not a sense of they actually don't know how to do it or they're they they you know not as smart as the boys. Quite on the contrary, they found the subjects easy. So the issue here is not capability, it's confidence. Mm. The second f- uh, finding that was key was that boys were encouraged by their parents to take STEM subjects compared to girls. Girls were not encouraged
1: or less is, encouraged. Is that right? Huh.
0: Yes. And interestingly. And the third was this that for many of these girls, role models, mentors were very important to them because they needed to aspire just to be like one of these women. So role modeling, the role that parents play obviously is critical, but even external role models are just as powerful in aspiring girls to to, to to go beyond and be everything and fulfill their, their, their potential. So these were the three findings. That it's a confidence issue, not a capability issue. Hmm. Yeah. The family being supportive because that makes a huge difference. And thirdly,
1: Role models amazing and and one of the other initiatives maybe we'll just close out the mm-hmm. uh, the discussion on this Georgette is uh, anti-violence initiatives oh, yes. in the workplace Absolutely. and and how important that is uh, talk to us about what that what that's uh, what, what you're doing with that
0: Again, this is, this is something that here in Singapore, I think everybody's uh, well aware that the numbers, we've seen some increase in the numbers, particularly during you know, the, the, the circuit breaker period, or the, the partial lock period, when everybody was working from home, everybody w- was within close confines, plus coupled with of um, the stress mm. of financial difficulties, of losing one's jobs, being furloughed, yeah. and the uncertainty all around you know, that places a lot of stress on the families and and people living in close quarters. And there have been, the numbers have shown that there have been increases in the number of, of reports in cases of domestic abuse. So that has been on a bit of an uptick. Yeah. Um, the government is very uh, aware of it and, and is taking a good, hard look at it, taking it very seriously. There's an interministerial joint task force that's been looking at the matter and working towards finding solutions that engage the community at both the survivor as well as the, per- the perpetrator level. So there's a lot more that needs to be done, and especially as we start to open up and ease up and people start to go back to work, physical workplaces and the offices, employers also have an opportunity to help their employees, be on the lookout for them in case there are signs of telltale signs of them being subject to abuse at home. So the, the the employers, the the um, you know the cohort of employees, colleagues, can certainly play a part in in helping to um, eradicate uh, a lot of this domestic violence, but certainly help those who are in need of help.
1: Uh, Great work is being done, Georgette. Much more work to be done, of course. Uh, Again, a hearty congratulations to you for your Sabre Award for Individual Achievement in the Asia Pacific for your lasting impact on the field of communications. Uh, You've done a great job. Your work is not done as President of the United Women Singapore. No. We expect more more great things from you, Georgette.
0: (laughs) Miles to go before we sleep.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for your time today on Money FM.
0: Thank you for the opportunity. (laughs) You take care.
1: Thanks, Georgette. To listen to more great Interviews. Download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg
0: or download the SBH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.